0: Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast presented by the Business and Education Alliance, where students' talents, interests, and aptitudes can be connected to the dynamic world of work. Welcome, teachers and students. This is Bob Gemignani, with Business and Education Alliance, with another episode of career interviews with local professionals in the Pikes Peak region. We are really pleased today to have with us Mandy Elder. Mandy is an Associate Professor at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Health Sciences Department. And she's also the Program Director for the Master of Science Athletic Training Program at UCCS. Mandy, thank you so much for being here today and donating some of your time to speak into the lives of young people. You're welcome. So Mandy, we'll just get right to it. Uh, Part one, here's your career story. So when you were in middle school or high school, did you have any thoughts about what kind of job you wanted to have when you grew up?
1: I did, I really thought I was gonna be a marine biologist. And I grew up in Southeast Colorado, and that was my goal is to be on the beach and working with mammals in the ocean.
0: (laughs) A far cry from the desert of Southeastern Colorado, right? Yes. Mandy, uh, so we're gonna be uh, really interested to hear your career journey here in just a minute about how you went from wanting to be a marine biologist to doing what you're doing today. But uh, tell us, what was your first ever paid job?
1: My first ever paid job was probably mowing grass for my grandmother, but my first real job um, where I actually was considered an employee was working for an apiary, um, which is a honey house um, where they work with bees and I helped take care of the shop and clean the beehives and clean barrels and put the honeycombs in the spinners so that they could process the honey.
0: Mandy, what town did you grow up in in Southeastern Colorado?
1: I grew up in Los Animas.
0: Okay, so when you were in Los Animas uh, at the high school there, um, did you have any programming available to you where students could um, go on a site visit or do a job shadow with a professional? or uh, do an internship in a occupation that they're interested in. Did you have that kind of pro- programming available to you? And if so, did you participate in that?
1: No, we did not have that kind of thing in, in our small town.
0: All right, Mandy, you're gonna get the floor here for a while now. We're interested to hear about your journey, uh, about wanting to be a marine biologist and then ending up as an associate professor uh, at the Health Sciences Department at UCCS. If you could, um, try to pay some particular attention to how you sort of inventoried your talents, your interests, and your aptitudes um, to plug them into your world of work as you moved through, you know, past high school into college and uh, throughout your career. So the floor is yours for as long as you need it.
1: Okay. So as I said, I wanted to be a marine biologist and mostly because it was outdoors, but I love fish. I still love fish to this day. Um, and, and that was my trajectory. Uh, I, I grew up um, being a, an athlete. However, um, my dad was a physical education teacher and a coach and I grew up as a gym rat um, because of that. So I spent a lot of time in the gym and a lot of time on the sidelines of the football field or the track with my dad both of my parents were teachers i swore i was never going to be a teacher and i learned pretty quickly never to say never because here i am i'm a teacher (laughs) Um, but as i went through high school i really was pretty well set on being a marine biologist Um, i even applied for school at the university of miami to where i was accepted Um, It came down to me having to make a decision about where I was going to go to college and um, when I got to that point, um, having come from a small town and being a daddy's girl, I had a hard time thinking about moving all the way to South Florida. and decided that I wouldn't do marine biology right away, that I would be just a a biology major and went to the University of Colorado in Boulder. And at that point, I also had decided that maybe in the meanwhile, I might want to be a physical therapist. I didn't really know about athletic training at the time. But as an athlete, I had gotten hurt several times. I didn't have anybody to take care of me um, while I was in high school. Um, my dad taught me how to tape an ankle, so I basically taped myself and taped some of my um, teammates as we were going through school. You know, So I had a couple of different options. Um, I really liked science. I had great science teachers in high school um, who really just let me explore Um, I also ended up as a student aide for the fifth grade teacher at the elementary school and she let me come over and help her with her science classes um, in my senior year and I just there's something about science that really um, floated my boat. I, I guess marine biology was just because I loved fish and I thought I wanted to work with dolphins and mammals and Things and it sounded exciting for a a Southeast Colorado kid um, to get to do something like that. Um, So when I got to college, I actually, I was a biology major. I was overwhelmed with classes of 400 students. I ended up getting a student worker job in the the aquarium that they had at the University of Colorado. I was surprised. So I actually got to take care of the fish. Um, I got to feed the starfish and Um, help clean aquariums and and just play around with these saltwater animals that i had never been around before which is probably what got me through college um, at that point in time and really kind of set myself that that's where i was going to go even though i was listed as a pre-professional student aiming for physical therapy school I, i still probably wasn't very clearly defined in my pathway at that point which many college freshmen aren't as i continued on um, that first semester of college, I really decided I didn't like the University of Colorado Boulder. It was too big for me having come from rural Colorado. I really, as I started talking with my advisor and started saying, you know, I really want to be an athletic trainer because i had kind of started learning about that from some friends of mine who knew about the Justin Healers. And at the time kept telling me I should be a Justin Healer. And I didn't really know what that meant. Um, But they told me I couldn't be an athletic trainer. I didn't know how to navigate into the athletic training room at a division one school to even talk to anybody there. Um, I was fairly shy, so it was really difficult for me um, to navigate that environment. And my brother talked me into applying to Adams State College, um, halfway through my first semester of college. And I did. Um, that's where he was going to school and I ended up transferring at mid-year of my freshman year of college and went to Adams State um, my advisor was the athletic trainer there and he invited me to the very first meeting they were having that semester um, and the rest is history at that point and so that started my path down athletic training Um, I still love fish to this day. There are days I wish I would have been a marine biologist, but for the most part I'm perfectly content doing what I'm doing because I love Colorado and I'm able to live here. Um, And now that I'm older and wiser, living on the coast doesn't sound so much fun when I watch all the hurricanes hit. (laughs) But I think as I look back over my time in trying to figure out where I was going, um when I was in high school, I you know, I graduated as a valedictorian of my class um, as a kid of, a, of teachers. I, I worked hard in school. I just didn't really know where I was going. People kind of directed me until I found my own way um, when I got to college. And I just enjoyed taking the opportunities that I had presented in front of me and listening to my older mentors. Um, I had some very young, science teachers from middle school and high school who were just very enthusiastic about engaging students in science and so I just really loved anything that had to do with biology and that's still where I'm at today. I finally figured out that my real love of biology is the anatomy side and just learning about the human body and what it can do. Um, it's fascinating to me what the human body is able to do to do. I love learning about the muscles and the bones and how our bones grow and how our muscles change with any stresses that we apply to it and the healing process and inflammation and it sounds very nerdy but I guess I am a a little bit when it comes to anatomy in the human body and that just has really been a a fun challenge for me um, over time. I, I still study anatomy because it there's more to be learned every time I turn around um, and we're learning more and more about what the, what the human body can do. And so it's been an interesting journey since college. As I mentioned, I, when I went to Adams State, I ended up working as a student in the athletic training room with my mentor. At the time, we were able to put in the hours as internship students that made us eligible to sit for the board certification exam at the end of college after 1500 hours of hands-on experience. So I really only had two classes in athletic training at that time, but a lot of time doing hands-on work in the athletic training room with the different athletes at Adams. And just learned a ton from that, but didn't feel totally confident in in my skill set. Um, When I graduated, and again, I was still fairly shy, but knew that I had more to learn. So I went to graduate school at San Jose State University where they had a master's in athletic training program where I was able to take more classes in the area and learned a lot more that made me a better athletic trainer. At Adams, Or I also ended up getting my teaching certificate in physical education. Um, because I was told that was what would get me the job. If I needed to, I could teach and be the athletic trainer. Um, I kicked and dragged the whole way because I, again, I swore I was never going to be a teacher. And I think my parents still laugh about that to this day. When I got done with my master's degree, I ended up knowing that I, I didn't want to teach. So I actually became the athletic trainer at Oklahoma Panhandle State University. And ended up teaching classes while I was there. um, But my primary job was as the athletic trainer. So I taught two classes, and then did athletic training the rest of the time traveled with the football team and the basketball teams and the baseball team and the We just, I did athletic training and it was a fantastic job. And then realized after a couple of years there that I did enjoy the teaching aspect of it, didn't necessarily enjoy the athletic training side of it as much as I thought I would, being, working with a lot of different sports. And part of that is because I, I wasn't able to focus on taking care of the athletes as best as I wanted to do but I did enjoy the teaching, decided I would go back and work on my doctorate and ended up getting my doctorate from Oklahoma State University and learned a lot about how to teach in an accredited athletic training program. At that point, I ended up moving to Missouri and worked at Southeast Missouri State University as their clinical education coordinator, which means I was responsible for sending our athletic training students there out into the field where they got to work with what we call preceptors, who were the individuals who supervised them while they did hands-on experiential learning. Um, And that's one aspect of a program. So they were, our students went out into the field and were with athletic trainers who were on the job and did on the job learning um, throughout their education program. And I finally was able to make it back to Colorado and that's where I'm at now. Um, We had a what we called a post-professional athletic training program up until a year ago in 2019 and that program was a master's degree for students who already were certified in athletic training. So those individuals were getting advanced level learning. Accreditation for athletic training has changed and is on its way to all learning for athletic training is happening at the master's level. And that's when we began our Master of Science and Athletic Training program here at UCCS. That's where I'm teaching, again, entry-level students who want to become athletic trainers. But I've kind of digressed. I'm going to go back to some of my career pathway. And some of you may be noticing there's a cow behind me, and people kind of joke about that. Um, but when I was in graduate school in California, I finally learned what those Justin Healers are that I mentioned earlier. And those Justin Healers were athletic trainers and other healthcare providers who provided healthcare to rodeo athletes. And I am by no means a cowgirl. Um, I just dress like one when I'm on TV. I actually learned because I got invited to go to a rodeo and see what the athletic trainers there did and fell in love with taking care of the sport. And when I moved to Missouri, to Oklahoma, I actually got to participate with the Justin Healers, um, which we now call the Justin Sports Medicine Team. And I have continued since then in providing healthcare services, athletic training services for the sport of rodeo. And I've worked with Little Bridges and collegiate and um, professional level oh and a professional level rodeo and so I still do that even though I'm a professor um, because that's how I continue to be really good at um, getting hands-on practice um, as an athletic trainer and that allows me to bring good examples back to the classroom now that I'm a professor and um, also keep my skills fresh and learn all the new things that are out there in the field for us to be learning about in athletic training. It's just a lot of fun. I get to see a lot of stuff in a short period of time. My students sometimes gross out or get excited about some of the stories I get to tell um, from being part of that sports medicine team.
0: Mandy, thank you for laying that out. Um, Just such an interesting you know, most most people that we're interviewing, their career paths are not linear in any way, and yours <laughs> certainly falls within um, that experience that we've had in in a lot of these interviews. What what I'm intrigued by is how your journey it really is a kind of a practical application of Business Education Alliance mission throughout your journey. Um, And I appreciate you kind of pointing to what you were interested in and what you thought you were good at and what you enjoyed um, because that really lays it out. Every decision you made along that path, you applied who you thought you were and what you thought you were interested in in when these opportunities came into your view and you made your selections, right? So even though you loved fish, you didn't want to go to a big college and live on the coast. And so you pivoted to something else, right? So we yep. really appreciate you laying that story out. And for students, you're seeing that trend where people are exposing, people are exposing themselves to opportunities and learning how they plug into those uh, sorts of environments, whether, whether they select them or not. It, you know, you're, you're exposing yourself, selecting, deselecting, and moving on which is really cool to hear
1: you know as a college professor i have advised and and met with many many um, prospective students and freshmen and sophomores who are just trying to find their way and i just encourage all of them to think about what it is they want to do and not what mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or aunt and uncle tell them that they they should do but to just be exploratory and and listen to what their guts telling them. And that's what I learned my freshman year of college is my gut kept telling me something wasn't right and that there was a better way. And when I finally listened to that and um, keyed into my brother saying, you know, there's a different option, um, that really changed my life trajectory completely. And that's what I want students to do too is, Think about what it is that really gets you excited to get up every day.
0: Yeah, that's uh, really. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mandy. There's a Steve Jobs quote that goes something like, uh, follow your intuition It somehow knows where you need to be. And yeah, so I, I think um, uh, students are learning um, from the experience that our professionals are sharing. You know, it, it's, it's important to be, if we're going to work 8, 10, 12 hours a day, we might as well be doing something that our talents, interests, and aptitudes are are suited for. Yes. There's another statistic I wanted to share with you. I don't know if you have heard this statistic, but uh, the Gallup organization does a uh, twice-per-year um, survey of worker uh, engagement in their jobs. In 2018, the worker disengagement rate was 80%, which is unbelievable. Eight out of 10 people are disengaged from their jobs, and we can only assume it's you know perhaps because they're not interested in what they're doing. Um, last year, it went down to 64%, which is great. But we're trying to speak into the lives of young people to have them select a career as they're moving through high school and college that they're interested in, so we can reduce that worker disengagement rate to to a lower number, right? So uh, we'll hear more about how much you like your job in part two of our interview. Mandy, thank you so much for sharing your journey. What would you say is the biggest challenge you have faced in your career, and how did you overcome that?
1: <laughs> Myself. <laughs> I've probably been my biggest challenge. I, that's kind of a strange statement, but I, I think it was just me learning to navigate how to communicate with other people well, and unfortunately, I think that's probably getting more challenging for young adults. Um, it, it was just learning to work with difficult people, has, has always been, and, and can, has always been a challenge, Um, and early on in my career, I just didn't know how to approach those situations, and, you know, I, I didn't handle some situations well, and I can look back on those now, and think, how did I get into that? I handle things much better now, Um, but that, that comes with time, and, and opportunities to engage with other people, and so that, no matter what I was doing. I actually, when I was in college, worked as a park ranger um, at John Martin Reservoir um, during the summers and that taught me a lot about how to deal with complicated people in difficult situations and really start, that's what probably brought me out of my shell more than anything, um, was having to talk with the public on a regular basis. Dealing with with confrontation is challenging and you know, still to this day is um, one of the the things that I dread doing because I don't like conflict, but um, I don't like confrontation. Um, but I do know that it's important, and conflict is how we grow. Confrontational situations can be challenging, and as a young professional, that was just really a daunting thing for me to have to navigate.
0: I appreciate you sharing that. Some of the takeaways for students when we're when we get out of high school and go to college, and we're in early career, and even today we don't have all the answers for everything, right? We don't have it all figured out. As much <laughs> Not as... Not even <laughs> right? As much as young students are looking at professionals and maybe in their mind thinking, oh my gosh, you know, Mandy's got it all together. We're so appreciative of the vulnerability that our professionals are communicating in these stories. Um, so students can take away, you know what? We learn as we go. We We pivot as we go. Uh, We figure out how to navigate things as we go. We don't have it all figured out when we graduate high school.
1: (laughs) Not even close.
0: (laughs) Mandy, you've talked about a few folks who've showed up in your life and spoke into your decision making and your trajectory. Um, Would you like to maybe give some credit to an influential, uh, particularly influential mentor that showed up for you in your journey?
1: There's probably two I would probably give a shout out to right now. One was Lisa Pinnock-Gallegos and the other was Mary Feith Nichols, who were my science teachers, both of them very young, new teachers, um, who I still actually talk to to this day. Um, They have been instrumental in many ways of transforming who I was as a young scientist, I guess. I guess I am a scientist. (laughs) Um, they, They really let me explore as a student, and I, I find that that was really beneficial um, to me, but I would say um, Jack Ranson, who was the head athletic trainer at Adams State when I was there, who is still a mentor to me today, um, was very influential in the trajectory that I'm on at this point in my in my career. Um, and. The three of them have probably had the biggest influence on my life path.
0: Mandy, what would you say to your teenage self, knowing what you know today?
1: That it's okay to talk to other people. You don't have to be shy. Um, That you're gonna fail. Um, And the best lesson you can learn is to go ahead and fail, fail fast and fail first. Um, Be the first one out there to give it a shot and don't be afraid because we learned so much from our failures. And that it's okay to be a clown and other people might laugh at you and that's all right. Um, And other people might not like you and that's all right. Um, And and if I had known those lessons well when I was younger, I probably would have had a few less tears when I was in high school.
0: Mandy, let's uh, shift the conversation a little bit to um, the UCCS uh, Health Sciences Department. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what does uh, the Health Sciences Department do? Uh, what is your mission, and who are your customers? I, I understand that in your in your department, you're not all just educating the next generation of athletic trainers. For example, there also could be some research going on there too that students might be interested to know about. So, uh, talk to us about your department.
1: So the Department of Health Sciences um, has recently undergone a little bit of a change, and we now um, we no longer have nutrition or strength and conditioning within our department. They are now in the human physiology and nutrition department. Um, And what we now have in health sciences is the health promotion program and the masters of science and athletic training program. And so within these two areas, I'll I'll talk about health promotion first. It's it's a group of individuals where they talk about just promoting health and wellness um, and general health concepts, um, health coaching, community, health promotion, um, corporate health promotion, different ways to help promote health among the the populations. And those individuals do a variety of things um, from helping to um, do wellness programming for a business. For example, maybe there's a bank who wants their employees to improve their health status. So health promotion individuals would come in and do programming with them And then they would evaluate that programming and determine if it's working and what might need to be changed. Um, And they do a lot of research in that area too. Um, One of our faculty members is working with a group called Kids on Bikes. And that's a health promotion program where they're trying to get young kids out on bicycles to improve their physical activity um, at at a younger age. And so that portion of our department um, does a lot of work in the community. We have programming from that department in our Center for Active Learning that's in the Lane Center on North Nevada. That that group, they have, they've had a Parkinson's class um, for wellness and fitness for individuals who have Parkinson's disease diagnoses. Um, they do other physical activity courses through there for seniors, not high school seniors, but like seniors as in the older population in town, (laughs) and just a lot of different approaches. Um, They work with our students and are teaching our students now how to be health coaches, so that if you were to go somewhere and need somebody to help keep you accountable for moving forward in your wellness pursuits, um, that individual would be the one to check in on you. And so really the focus is on just being your best healthy person that you can be and that's what our health promotion group does. Um, The other half of our department is in athletic training and athletic trainers are individuals who provide health care to the physically active population. And so we do emergency response, we do injury diagnosis, we do emergency treatment We do rehabilitation, and we do return to sport. And so athletic trainers kind of cover the gamut. Um, We work across the lifespan. So we work with younger kids, and we work with seniors as well, Um, as well as our traditional sport athletes, um, which is where we're best known. Um, But we're also seeing athletic trainers now in in the clinic setting. So you may go see your orthopedist, and they may have an athletic trainer that's working with them. We see them in performance centers and we see them in um, physical therapy clinics where we're providing our services to a broader spectrum than just traditional sport. Um, We also see athletic trainers in corporations such as you know some of our major corporations some of our major airplane corporations or shoe corporations hire athletic trainers because they can help prevent injury as well as evaluate injury and determine if they need to go to a physician or not at that point in time and if not, then they can take care of them in-house, which in turn decreases healthcare costs for that corporation. Um, and they also do a lot of ergonomic um, approaches with individuals as well. So athletic trainers are starting to show up everywhere and are a vital part of our community. And this past year, during the COVID crisis, you started seeing a lot of athletic trainers who no longer had sports to provide um, services to They got pulled back into different environments and were doing the COVID screenings um, and assessments um, to keep their um, to as a quick transition for their job, but to utilize their skill set as a healthcare provider.
0: Clearly, Mandy, there's at least a couple of paths, maybe more, that uh, a student who pursues an athletic athletic training career can deploy into. You've chosen Mm -hmm. the education route. You've also talked about uh, now athletic trainers being in a clinical setting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, athletic training application in the sports world, which is pretty standard. Can you talk to students that might be interested in this career pathway about the skills, education, and experience that is necessary for them to qualify for entry-level occupations in any one of those areas?
1: Most students that are in high school now or younger are probably gonna be looking at the master's degree level for entry into the profession. And while a few could go to a bachelor's degree program in Colorado, there are not gonna be any bachelor's degree programs left by the time those kiddos are graduating. So we are most often looking now for students who have a degree in an area similar to exercise science or pre-professional um, programs where they are getting a solid science background in chemistry, in physics, and biology, as well as some background in basic health concepts as well and um, some math background. Um, because all of that plays into understanding what's going on with the human body. Um, we also require a good bit of anatomy as a prerequisite for admission into. Um, those athletic training programs because understanding the human body is essential to understanding um, how to be an athletic trainer because we have as athletic trainers we are diagnosing injuries but we don't have all of the fun toys that you would find in a clinic where they have x-ray and um, MRIs Um, we have to use our mental picture of the anatomy to identify what's going on when we're evaluating an injury with our hands to determine what the next steps for that individual need to be. So good preparation for that is lots of science at at the major level, not the introductory science courses in college. Um, Solid communication skills are important, so practicing that now. and and Time management is important um, because athletic trainers are busy individuals, Um, sometimes Um, They're working with a large variety of athletes. Um, I worked at a high school for a period of time where I had 1,500 athletes and I was the only athletic trainer. So I was, I had to be a good manager of my own time. Um, And so I would say, you know, if you get a good background in science and communication, you're going to do really well um, and be a good candidate for an athletic training program. Um, especially if you excel in the human biology um, or the anatomy areas.
0: Mandy Elder, Associate Professor at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Health Sciences Department and Program Director for the Masters of Science Athletic Training Program. Thank you so much for sharing your career story. We're looking forward to part two of our interview um, to find out uh, about what a day in your life looks like today. Mandy, thank you so much. You're welcome. Hello, teachers and students. Bob Gimignani back again for part two of our interview with Mandy Elder. Uh, Mandy is an associate professor at the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Health Sciences Department and program director for the Masters of Science Athletic Training Program. Mandy, thanks again for donating some of your time today. Sure thing so tell us what a day in the life looks like for you today um, morning afternoon evening uh, what are you doing all day
1: I'll give you the real story <laughs>
0: okay great
1: as an athletic training faculty member at UCCs um, my days never look the same um, we do start our classes at 8 o'clock in the morning and we run those classes typically until about 11 40 1140, 1145 um, and We team teach in our program here at UCCS. So some days I'm in the classroom for part of that time and some days I'm in there the full time and some days I'm not there at all because somebody else has it the whole time. Um, So my days vary a good bit, which is really nice for me. Um, It it keeps things um, interesting. Um, Some days after our lecture classes, we then have lab classes where we're teaching our hands-on skills. And Um, Those are the best times because that's when we get to get out all the good toys and play with them and let the students play with them, too. And that's where we see them come to life um, in the classroom. And after I am out of the classroom, I am probably grading papers or writing tests or writing new assignments, um, doing a variety of different things that teachers do um, when you're not with your students. Um, On days when I don't have class, um, I'm either in my office or currently I'm usually at home um, trying to um, minimize my time out in the world. Uh, But I do a variety of different things. I read research. Um, I also am conducting research. Um, My particular path of research relates to Um, injury in the sport of rodeo and so we're trying to help identify what the most common injuries in the sport are so that we can start building some prevention programs for the rodeo athlete as well as some training programs so that they can better train for their sport. And so I may be working with students I may be advising students regarding that and I also advise students about their challenges that they're they're having in their program Um, I meet with prospective students when they come to campus or when they have a virtual meeting with me. Um, We sit in committee meetings at times where we're trying to just do the business of the university. Um, And there's a lot of different other little things that I do. We talk with colleagues to talk about what is the most current information related to athletic training. Um, So that in medicine, so that we can make sure that we're teaching the cutting edge information for our students so they can enter the field as well prepared as they possibly can. I have a colleague who actually goes out and does the clinical education component of the program, but as the program director, I will also drop in on students and preceptors out in our area schools where we have them doing hands-on learning. And that's just part of my role of overseeing the program as the program director. And so the day in the life is pretty flexible, dep- other than the class schedule. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of reading and just a lot, of, um, a lot of learning because medicine changes on almost a daily basis for some things and other things haven't changed in years. Um, and it's just trying to stay on top of that. Um, I spend a lot of time with the computer and I spend a lot of time with books Um, I still like hard copy books better than computer books. Um, I'm a little old school that way, but that's, that's pretty much my life. And, you know, I check on students and that means I get to go to games when they have games and um, watch what they're doing as a student and how are they engaging. And so there's just a lot of fun, everyday um, unknowns um, to my job, um, which I really enjoy.
0: Amanda, you're you're in the business of educating the next generation of athletic trainers. Uh, Let's pivot the conversation a little bit to talk about the practice of athletic training and students that might be interested in pursuing that occupation. Um, Can you talk to students about what are the most important technical or job knowledge skills that are needed to be a good athletic trainer and also uh, perhaps some of the softer essential skills? that need to be deployed to be successful for a a good athletic trainer?
1: So athletic trainers do injury prevention, injury recognition, injury rehab, and return to performance. And so we have a very broad skill set that involves us being able to know how to take care of an emergency situation when somebody gets hurt To being able to diagnose those injuries, which means we need to have good knowledge of the human body and the different types of injuries and illnesses that can occur so that we can triage our athletes and identify what the next path for their care is going to be and we make decisions whether we can take care of those individuals in-house or whether they need to then move on to a physician. All of our athletic trainers are overseen by physicians as part of our state practice act. We are all licensed by the state in order to practice athletic training. And so we have a physician who oversees us as an allied health professional. And so that physician is ultimately responsible for us. That doesn't mean they're sitting there with us at every moment, um, but they know what we do as athletic trainers and approve um, our skill set. And so our skill set ranges anywhere from understanding public health concepts related to cultural issues, related to environmental issues, disease and illness um, prevention, injury prevention, and We also then have medical-based skills, which are injury evaluation. We know how to use different hands-on tests to evaluate our athletes. We use musculoskeletal ultrasound to evaluate injury or to get images to send to a physician for them to review. We can also assist physicians with that musculoskeletal ultrasound as they may be giving injections. So we're putting the image up for that physician to guide the needle um, for an injection. We participate um, in rehabilitation. So we have some overlap with the field of physical therapy when it comes to rehabilitation. Um, But we don't have the full skill set of a physical therapist, um, but we do overlap in in that general rehabilitation area. And then we also overlap in the world of strength and conditioning, where we have a strong background in understanding how to help people get bigger, faster, and stronger um, with agility and weightlifting and conditioning in order to help them get back to 100% as close to possible as 100% as we can get them to get back on the field and play. And so we have the benefit of being able to work with that athlete from start to finish um, or that physically active individual from start to finish to be able to get them back to back to competition. And that's our ultimate goal um, for most of our individuals Um, or to help somebody transition if they have gotten hurt. So we have to have some good background in counseling and understanding how to help counsel people who may have um, some mental health um, issues or some psychological barriers to injury. Um, to know, it, you know, maybe they are they had a career-ending injury, so they're not going to get to continue in their sport. But how can we help them navigate into a new sport that they might be able to manage, or just transition out of competitive sports? Um, as it is and so we're kind of frontline providers to especially in the traditional setting of regular sports um, to recognizing what might be going on with our athletes we deal with their new um, helping recognize if they have eating disorders we help if they are just not performing well um, and getting them we, we, we kind of serve as the the advocate for the athlete in making sure they're getting the right assistance that they need if we're not the ones able to provide it. And so maybe we recognize they do need counseling and we get them into the counselor or that they need to see a, a dietitian. We can refer them to the dietitian or the orthopedist or a primary care physician because they have high blood pressure. Um, so we're, we're kind of the, the cog in the wheel to make things move for our, for our patients or, or our athletes.
0: Mandy, what do you like most about your job?
1: What do I like most about my job as a professor of athletic training um, is seeing a student get a skill for the first time that they've been struggling with. And that uh, that light bulb moment when they finally go, oh, I totally get that. Um, that's probably the funnest part of my job as a professor. Um, but I... I like mentoring kids and helping them learn to be mentored. They're not all kids. I have students that are older than me, but I still call them kids. I, I just like to see them getting to make headway towards what it is they want to do. And I, I like to help them grow in their leadership style. I like to help mentor them just as good human beings and so that they can be very productive when they hit the, hit the ground running full and full speed into their career. Um, but as an athletic trainer, as, instead of a faculty member, probably the best part of my job is getting to watch somebody recover and perform at their, at their very best that they can. And there's nothing more, for, more, more fulfilling than knowing that somebody has struggled from an injury, but they get back on an animal or they get back on the court, or they get back in the game. And, and just thrive, and, and that's just really rewarding as an athletic trainer.
0: Mandy, is there anything about your job as an educator that you find frustrating or unsatisfactory or perhaps um, tasks that you don't enjoy doing?
1: I don't like grading. <laughs> um, I really wish we could teach people for the sake of teaching without having to test students all the time. We have to have outcomes. We have to make sure that students are meeting certain marks but I'd love to not be not have to give somebody a grade. I've learned that that's a great way to learn um, is in and you actually maybe do better sometimes without those grades but it's really hard to do that and I do find some challenges in just the world of higher education. Sometimes it can be a little cumbersome um, as there are so many layers to work through Um, but you know at the end of the day when I see a new student um, who gets their first job and Um, just a couple weeks ago, one of our May grads emailed me and said, hey, I got to diagnose my first injury and they had to go to the physician and they confirmed that I was right. And that's just, that beats all the other stuff. So I get, I'll keep doing the other stuff when I get to hear those those kinds of stories.
0: Yeah, I agree. Watching the lights come on for people is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mandy, um, speak to a high school student uh, who's watching this video right now, uh, maybe is under 18 years old, a sophomore, a junior. Can you suggest ways for that student to gain exposure to and experience in the field of athletic training?
1: Fastest way to do that as a high school student to get exposure to an athletic trainer is walk out to your athletic department and find your athletic trainer. Um, I don't know any high school athletic trainers that would turn a student away from wanting to find out what athletic training is about, or call your local college. Um, Most of those athletic trainers are more than happy to have you come observe. Maybe a little more challenging right now, um, when we have limitations on numbers, but, you know, any way you can reach out to an athletic trainer, I know very few who would ever turn a, a student away who wanted to find out about athletic training. And that could also be athletic trainers that are working in any of the clinics um, in your area as well. Um, they'd be more than happy to to let you come shadow as well it, it, under whatever their clinic's rules are, of
0: course. All right, Mandy, the hard part of our interview is over. Okay. What, what do you like to do in your free time?
1: Well, in my free time, I like to get outside and do pretty much whatever I can do outside. So that might be riding my bicycle. That might be riding on my paddle board. Um, hiking, um, taking my dog for a walk, um, skiing, snowshoeing, you name it. That's why I love Colorado. I get to do it all. Um, And then when I'm not outside, I am actually a quilter and I spend my time um, using the creative side of my brain and cut fabric apart, put it back together, and make something beautiful to give away. Um, to somebody and most of the time those quilts go to an organization called Quilts of Valor where we donate quilts uh, to individuals who have been touched by war.
0: Thank you for doing that Mandy. Sure. What do you want to be when you grow up now?
1: What do I want to be when I grow up now? I want to be a quilter.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I just want to have fun. Um, I want to do stuff that just really I enjoy. Um and whatever that is i just want to make sure when i get out of bed every morning that life is great
0: mandy uh what final experience or advice would you like to share with students watching your career story right now
1: i would tell you live in the moment that you're in don't try to be a professional before it's time Um, absorb being a student in high school or middle school where you can learn what you need to learn then even though you may not remember that stuff later it does build you into who you're going to be down the road and don't be on the fast path to to be in the grown up live, live those young moments while you can and the rest of it will come and just have patience and know that you'll get there
0: Mandy Elder PhD associate professor at uh, uh, UCCS health sciences department and program director for the master of science athletic training program. Thank you so much for sharing your experience today. We very much appreciate it. Sure
1: thing. Have
0: a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyone Has a Story podcast. We hope the experience shared today in the career story and informational interview may benefit you as you make educational and career choices. If you would like to learn more about the Business and Education Alliance and how we are working with education and industry to connect students' talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, please go to (music) businessandeducationalliance.org.